What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me is the worst list maker in the world, mm. Colin Mitchell. Isn't that nice of you? How are you, Colin? I'm doing great. Doing That's great, good. man. Uh, first of all, well, I don't appreciate the attack early before we even get started. This is feeling very political now, and political. I don't like this. This is our town hall debate. Oh, town hall debate. Who's in the town hall? Just you and me? You and me and no one else because no one else can be in the same hall. All right? <laughs> Shout out COVID. So, yes, because of COVID. <laughs> I, um, so, yeah, this is going to be our rank most okay top 25 rankings podcast we're going to go through all of our specific list if you didn't follow us on mean greeting 24 7 on twitter or facebook also plug our facebook because we don't plug that but we're starting to use that more that's starting to pick up steam um but yeah we've been doing stories on mean green 24 7 of our rankings i released it uh 25 through one all of last week it took about what eight nine days somewhere around there and we had number two and one come out on Saturday, and now it is Monday. And so we are going to look back on them and discuss our key differences and discuss why Colin is wrong and why I am right, which is the crux of this entire podcast. And if you did read the story on Mean Green 24-7, it was an aggregate ranking. So it was Colin's and mine averaged out, and then we you know ranked it from there so that's why the list looked better than than what bruni's list looked like so that's why it looks a little different than what we're, what we're going to talk about tonight today and then if you oh. don't follow me green 24 7 on twitter then we also posted our individual lists on there yesterday so we had mine on there and we had collins on there side by side so you can go look at them see which one's better you can't vote anymore because uh the poll is closed but we did roll we did have a poll and somehow some way i did not win but that's okay because that is not the deciding factor of whose list is better it's just an indicator of where y'all's heads are at so now i know i have to come and convince you all that y'all are crazy and that i'm right politician there you go that's that's what we're doing here so yes colin won with 60 percent of the votes on 57 votes um i don't know how many exact votes that is it's probably somewhere on the 35 or 40, let me do the math for you just so i can hurt no you don't do the more. math don't do the math don't do the math please so um i guess we'll start this off well we will go through i got 34 quickly. votes okay okay <laughs> 34 to 23 is not that big of a disparity i mean it's a disparity it's probably one person's whole family voted for them it's like it, it was austin ani it was austin ani's family you can go ask him. You should probably do some research before you just throw out some accusations. <laughs> <laughs> so what we'll do is, I guess we'll run through our list real quickly, just one through 25, one through 25, and then we can get into the ones that we had different on our list. Like at the bottom of it, you know, we had some some differences. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go into our biggest disparities. And then I have a couple questions um, we'll, we'll, end it, we'll end up with. So I'll go first, Colin, because I guess second place will go first. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll start from 25 to 1. Sure. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Okay. 25, Quinn Whitlock. 24, Dayton LeBlanc. 
23 Deshaun Gaddy, 22 Kevin Wood, 21 DeAndre Torrey, 20 Jackson Gibbs, 19 Keelan Crosby, 18 Austin Ani, 17 Jason Pirtle, 16 Jair Shorter, 15 Ethan Mooney, 14 Alex Morris, 13 Jacob Brammer, 12 Jason Bean, 11 Mikhail Sanders, 10 Joe Azogu, 9 Deontay Simpson, 8 Tyreek Davis, 7 Devontae McRae, 6 Katie Davis, 5 Cam Johnson, 4 Trey Siggers, 3 Manasse Mose, and 2 Jalen Darden, and 1 Dion No Bill. Mm. So you, you, read, you go through your years. All right, uh, 25 to 1, we got Deontay Simpson, Ryan Parrish, 23 Larry Nixon, 22 Jason Bean, 21 Oscar Attaway, 20 Ethan Mooney, 19 Antarius Gray, I think that's how you say his name, mm-hmm. 18 Jason Pirtle, 17 Mikhail Sanders, 16 Deshaun Gaddy, 15 Alex Morris, 14 Cam Johnson, 13 Keelan Crosby, 12 Tyreek Davis, 11 Devontae McRae, 10 DeAndre Torrey, 9 Manasse Mose, 8 Jackson Gibbs, uh, 7 Joe Zogu, 6 Jair Shorter, 5 Austin Ani, 4 Jalen Darden, 3 Katie Davis, 2 Dion Noville, and 1 Trey Siggers. So you could just hear the differences in our uh, in our list just off, off the bat. But we'll start off at the bottom because I had 4 players that were not on your list and you had 5 players that were not on my list. So my 4 players were number 25, Quinn Whitlock, 24, Dayton LeBlanc, 22, Kevin Wood, and 13, 13, Jacob Brammer. Quinn Whitlock, uh, neither of us expect him to start, but I still think there is a chance he starts, and there's a chance that he gets a good amount of snaps throughout the season. So I thought he was going to be important in the secondary. Um, Dayton LeBlanc, he kind of was underrated when I went back and look at, looked at his stats last year. It was... um. I mean, he I believe he was a redshirt freshman last year. Yeah, he was a redshirt freshman last year. And he ended up with 30 tackles. And, I mean, was it, 2.5 tackles for loss. So he was in the rotation as a redshirt freshman last year. So that was promising. So he was at 24. 22, Kevin Wood, I was surprised, didn't make your list, I guess. But he's not supposed to start. But he's going to be in the inside linebacker rotation for sure. He's going to get a lot of snaps. And then 13, Jacob Brammer. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a must-have on anyone's list because he's going to start. And so we did our list, some context. We did our list as a combination of importance and talent, right? I didn't want it to be 100% most important, and I didn't want it to be 100% based on talent. So it was a combination of those. And Jacob Brammer, while he might, might not be the most talented, he is important. He checks off that box. They need him to be good. You think importance year. brings him up 12 spots from 25? You didn't even have him at 25. Right, but if I don't even know if you had him in the top 30, Colin. He probably wasn't in my top 30. <laughs> I, he's going to be very... He, we know what he's going to start. What would you Jordan Murray two years ago? This is a different argument because I, you are, <laughs> they are similar in terms of what we, how we perceive them. But the difference is Jacob Brammer is going to be surrounded by guys who are pretty much unproven. Except for Manasse Mose, right? Who we both have pretty high. So it's Manasse Mose, then it's Jacob Bremer, and then we don't know anything else here. We don't know that Antarius Gray is going to for sure start or be good. We don't know that Brian Parrish is for sure going to start or be good. We know Jacob Bremer is going to start. Like that, that alone should get him on the list. Okay, I disagree. 
Okay, well, go through your. Uh, what about Kevin Wood, Dayton LeBlanc, and Quinn Woodlock? Any um, outstanding takes there? No, I, they, they'd all be my top 30. It's just that I had other guys up there because, one, I think that they'll contribute more. Like I, like Brian Parrish, he's going to start, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oscar Attaway, I think that he's going to be big early. I mean, just st- stuff like that. It's not, it's not really a slight on them. It's more so just they didn't make the 25. They would have made the 30. And I messed up. I highlighted Deontay Simpson when I should not have highlighted Deontay Simpson because I have Deontay Simpson obviously way higher, which we'll get into later. He's just seeing him at 25 is so staggering to me that I just actually I did that when I took the averages too. I messed up on that too. So, anyways, you have Brian Parrish, Larry Nixon, Oscar Attaway, and Terius Gray as your four players who are on your list that are not on my list. Yes. Um, do you want to defend them or do you just want me to attack them? I mean, you can attack them. I'll, I'm, I'm ready for the... You, well, you told me yesterday that you were going to come in and just obliterate me, so I'm waiting for, for the hellfire. No, 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 no. The so, so, look, I've already covered De- bruh, Antarius Gray and Brian Parrish. I've already covered them. I don't think that they are... I mean, they probably would start if I had to pick my starting lineup right now, but I'm, I can't guarantee that right now. I don't... I can't guarantee that. So, with that being said, I can't put them in the top 25. Larry Nixon, Kevin Wood is kind of a coin flip to me. But I think Kevin Wood's ceiling's higher. So that's why I went with Kevin Wood over Larry Nixon. And then Oscar Attaway, we, we know how biased you are towards Oscar Attaway, Attaway on this podcast. Um, Bias. I, he would probably be in my top 30. Are you ready, to, are you ready to just to take all of this back whenever he... He's not going to be 21 for me. When he's the second running back coming to the season and gets like 15 carries a game. First of all, I have DeAndre Torrey at 21 for me. Yeah, that's bad. So that well, should tell you that's that should bad. tell you what I think of I mean the running back position. It's Trey Siggers and then everybody else. You have you have Oscar Attaway at twenty one, who's the third running back. Yeah. And I just it's it's befuddling to me. It's absolutely befuddling. Let it be befuddling. So we are similar in a lot of cases. We'll highlight who we're not similar on. But Deshaun Gaddy, I had at 23. You had him at 16. I don't know if I had that highlighted. No, I don't. Um, you know, Keelan Crosby, I think we're somewhat close on. I had him at 19. You had him at 13. Uh, he'll be in the secondary rotation for sure, probably starting safety, um, or at least in a safety conversation. Uh, Jason Pirtle, I had at 17. You had at 18. We anticipate him being the starting tight end, but we're not expecting him to, you know, take off. Right. And then we have, you know, Ethan Mooney. We both had in a similar-ish position, 15 and 20. I mean, we need North, – North Texas needs him to be consistent and be good like he was last year. He was good last year. Alex Morris, I had a 14. You had a 15, presumably a starting safety. We don't know enough about his upside, though. He has a good uh, physical frame, but we don't know if he can get there um, to where, you know, even Kyrie Muhammad and Taylor Robinson and Kishon McClain were. Um, Mikhail Sanders, I think we were close. I'm trying to say this. You had him at 17. I had him at 11. Again, presumably a starter in the secondary. Uh, Joe Zogu, I had at 10. You had at seven. Starting Jack linebacker is going to be a retro senior. He has to be good for this team. Uh, Tyreek Davis, I believe we had similar. I, I had eight. You had 12. Um, he's going to be very good again. Um, Devontae McCray, I had at seven. You had at 11. Um, going to replace Ladarius Hamilton. Katie Davis, I had at 6, you had at 3, which I thought was kind of high. What was your what was your reasoning for Katie at 3? Uh similar to kind of how EJ Agia was a few years ago. He's going to have to be the 
soul of the defense because of all the new faces, especially when you don't really have a leader in the secondary at this point outside of Cam Johnson. Um, he's kind of the the what I'm trying to think of overperformer. What yeah, he's he's the guy that's gonna step up. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah, um, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Um, I, he's definitely top six for me. I am cautiously optimistic that he's gonna take a huge step forward. I don't think it even necessarily needs he needs to take a huge step forward. If he just takes a normal, you know, if he's just better than last year, I think he's still three only because of how important his leadership and experience is going to be for the defense as a whole. For sure. Um, then I had Cam Johnson at five. You had Cam at 14. I think that's – did I write that down? Yeah, I did write that down. Here, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, Trey Siggers I had at four. You had at one. The only reason I had Tra- – I could have put Trey Siggers at three or two. I could have even seen him at two. But the only thing that held me back was his injury last year, and then I don't know for sure if his offensive line is going to be good enough to – to give him the space that he needs. Not that he needs a lot of space because he's a terrific running back, but those are my kind of concerns right now because we don't know his injuries. We don't know his health, and um, we don't know his offensive line. So Yeah, I didn't take injuries into account for this mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. Well, you should Because it was based off of talent and important. Well, well, you should have. Well, you should have. Um, <laughs> trying to think. Manasseh Mosa had at three. You had at nine. I guess you don't see the offensive line as being important. But I whatever. see it being as important, but their talent's not that great. <laughs> Manasseh, Manasseh should be good. Manasseh should be good. How That's good was all he I'll last say. Year? Manasseh himself should be good. Okay. That's what I'll say. Jalen Darden had at two. You had at four. And then Dion Novilla had at one. You had at two. So similar there. So let's get into our discrepancies, Colin. Um, we have a lot here. I have, I think, seven or eight names here. One thing I do want to ask you before we get into this is, did the name Dion Hare Griffin ever come up for you? No. Me neither. But he was all, he was on the all-conference team as a utility player, saw, as a kick returner. I, yeah, I saw that. But like, And he did win them a game against Middle Tennessee. Yeah, well, they're going to need these guys to win them games a lot more than they don't got a Mason fine this year. Correct. 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 Yes. I just I thought of that when I saw the all conference teams mm-hmm. come out or the preseason teams, whatever, come out. And Dion or Dion Hare Griffin was there. And I was like, damn, I did not even think about him. Yeah. Like, I just I didn't. So let's get into these names real quick. We'll start at the bottom. I I guess um, we already talked about Oscar Attaway. We already talked about Terry's Gray. Jackson Gibbs. You had him at eight. I had him at 20. Now, he is going to be in the rotation for a secondary starter, right? He got a good amount of snaps at safety last year, especially when uh, Taylor Robinson went down with an injury. He looked like he also could play the nickel cornerback spot in situations. Mm-hmm. There, The thing about the secondary for me is that we go down it, right? And there's six good players and there's only five positions. Yeah. So we got Cam Johnson, we got Mikhail Sanders, we got Jackson Gibbs, we got Alex Morris, and we got Keelan Crosby. One of those guys is not going to start. And I had it on my list that it was going to be Jackson Gibbs not starting. I had Keelan Crosby one spot ahead of him. So, you know, it's not like it's a big difference. I could definitely see them interchanging, but um, I had Jackson Gibbs at 20. You had him eight. So I presume you see him as starting. Yes. And I think it could be either at the nickel or safety hit 15 tackles last year uh 
solo tackles, that is, five assist tack- five assisted tackles, and he had a sack and two tackles for a loss and a forced fumble. So, as a freshman, by the way, so I expect him to kind of take a step forward because the coaching staff obviously sees something in him. Um, I, I, I will also second the fact that I also had all the uh, secondary kind of just jumbled together. Like, I have mm-hmm. Kyle Sanders, Deshaun Gaddy, Alex Morris, Cam Johnson, Keelan Crosby. Literally all in a row. <laughs> now that I see it, yes. Yeah, so because I was, I was trying to sit there and I was like, I don't know what to separate these dudes by. So, um, so yeah, that's my reason why I have him at eight. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. Did I name Deshaun Gaddy in that in that list of, of secondary players? There's a, there's a lot of guys that need to prove themselves in the secondary right now. Cam Johnson, the only one that we know for a fact is at least good. And all the other ones, like Jackson Gibbs, like I think the main appeal for Jackson Gibbs is that he was a rest freshman last year and that they trusted him so much at that. Um, I mean, at either position. And he's versatile, so we can go either way. Whereas Keelan Crosby and Alex Morris, we only saw them as safety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Deshaun Gaddy is a corner. You know, Quinn Whitlock's a corner. Uh, we The thing about Gibbs is that he can play either spot, and I think that's going to help him. Mikhail Sanders can also play either one, so those two are kind of in, kind of in a similar boat. Um, I just it's going to be it's going to be really interesting that secondary. So that that's going to be the one one to watch. Cam Johnson, you had him at fourteen. I'm had him at five. Mm-hmm. Now, was that because of talent or because of importance? Just because of talent. Why have him so low? I figured that. Like, I, I was talking, when we did our last podcast, I was saying that Deshaun Gaddy, I feel like if, if he's living up to whatever he's supposed to be as the number one recruit he was two years ago, a year ago, whatever, yeah. um, then he, he could be challenging for that spot. They didn't redshirt him last year for a reason. Um, so, Cam Johnson didn't perform that well last year as the de facto, I guess, 1B corner, mm-hmm. and I expect Deshaun Gaddy to probably be more eye popping or I like he's going to pop up yeah. on the page a lot more than I think Cam Johnson will next year. The thing is, I feel like we can evaluate Cam Johnson only so much based on last year because they went zone like a quarter of the way through the year. And from that point on, then it was just like, you know, what really do we know about the secondary besides they can't play zone? Like it's just <laughs> such a different, it's just such a different animal when you're watching a team, when you're watching Nick Harvey get beat off the line of scrimmage and SMU throws a touchdown over his head, like, okay, no, he can't cover in man. Whereas they dropped in zone and they were just finding holes in the zone, like everywhere. So it's like, I can't really judge that. We did see a lot of good stuff from cam, you know, last spring, Mm -hmm. we saw flashes of him even last year when they did play, man, he is athletic. He's able to stick with guys better than, anyone else on the team and for that reason i think going into his senior year maybe i'm just hopeful but i think that he's going to take a step forward i think he is going to be good and if his importance to this secondary is crucial because like you talked about they have no one on there yeah. and that's that was one of your points for katie davis having to step up is that they have no one behind him cam johnson is going to have to be really good he's going to have to be aggressive he's going to have to get interceptions and Clint Bowen's going to have to put him in position to be really good. So that's why I'm hoping Cam Johnson lives up to that 5C, which is kind of high now that I look at it, but it's definitely I would have him above you had him at 14. Yeah, I'd have him around there. So, next we I guess we can get into 
Yeah, we already talked about DeAndre Torrey, I guess. Yeah, we already talked about DeAndre. And we already talked about Brammer. All right, we have two big, big talking points here. I guess we'll start with the more obvious one, then go to the least obvious one. You have Austin Ani at five. Yes. I have Austin Ani at 18. Yes. I have Jason Bean at 12. You have Jason Bean at 22. Yes. Why even put Jason Bean on the list, Colin? What do you mean? He'll get garbage time played. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, oh I mean, he, he's, he's going to be important because he's going to have to keep up some type of competition. Um, I have Austin Ani high because I think he's going to start. I think Bean's garbage time touchdowns last year were what they were, garbage time touchdowns. Um, and I think he's he's still too small in terms of how he's built to to consistently survive behind a line. Like his feet will obviously get him pretty far. But in, when they start to figure that out and realize that he can't throw as well as obviously Mason Fine, that's going to be an issue. The thing is, I want to agree with you. I want to say that Asadani is going to start. However, and I, I actually just did a VIP story on that Louisiana Tech game where basically the only game that Asadani actually played in was the uh, Louisiana Tech game, and that was the game, obviously, he had those, I believe it was two touchdowns. Let me find it, let me find it, let me find it before I go crazy. It was one touchdown. It was that one touchdown to Mike Law and then the next throw to Cole McCrary. And so he ended up the year four or five with one touchdown for however, what, 136 yards. Now, Jason Bean in 35 attempts completed 22 of his passes for three picks, three touchdowns. And he did not look good in the Louisiana Tech game at all. And so I'm watching that game and I'm like, what? I'm trying to see what the coaching staff saw in Jason Bean that they didn't see in Austin Ani. And the only thing I could come up with is the fact that he is mobile and he throws on the run better than Austin Ani. And against with a struggling offensive line, we've seen Russell Wilson have to roll out. We've seen plenty Aaron Rodgers, guys with struggling offensive lines, have to make plays with their legs and extend plays. I just don't know if Austin Ani will be able to extend plays enough to get the starting job. I think Jason Bean is necessary because of his mobility and his ability to throw on the run. I agree. He needs to fill out. I agree that he, I mean, in the game I saw against Louisiana tech, he fumbled the quarterback draw. He, I, he, he didn't look good for a lot of the game, but I think Jason Bean has to be the choice because of his potential. And because the offensive line is not going to be good enough for you to have a pocket passer. I mean, Mason Fine barely made it out of the year. He That's barely true. made it out of the year, and he had a he had probably what was it? Not his worst statistical season since his freshman year, but it was not the season that we expected him to have. And it wasn't because of the receivers. It wasn't because of the running game. It's because of the offensive line. So I just think it's a lot to ask Austin Ani to come in here and be like, "Be Mason Fine." That's that's my full spiel on why Jason Bean should start. I think with Jason Bean, you're not going to score. 20 points a game. I think with Austin, Maybe Ani, you not. have the possibility to do that. If you're, th- if you're, if you're throwing three picks in garbage time and three touchdowns, there's an issue there. And I think the accuracy is going to be an issue and he he'll, I think he'll start first, but I think by game three, Austin, Ani's going to be your starter. 
I could see it happening. I definitely think Jason Bean is going to start to start the year. And that's not only – and obviously the coaches have seen a lot more practice time than us, and they have – but they do have new coaching, coaching, right? They have Tate Wallace in a quarterback's coach. They have Mike Bloch in at uh, offensive line. Um, they, Luttrell has seen a ton of both of these guys in, in repetitions. And Jason Bean got the call time after time after time last year. That should tell us that Jason Bean is in the lead. And if he progresses the way he should be able to progress, he should start. I would, also, so, I would also like to note that Austin Oni's recruiting profile is a lot better than uh, Jason Bean. Oh, Bean's, my God. But that's just From 2012? Listen, man, it's not like he's still not an athlete. <laughs> uh, it's it's a completely different story. It's a completely different story. I just, It's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really interesting. But I think that's what swung the vote on Twitter was this on Austin Ani Jason Bean debate is that a lot of people want Austin Ani to start. And so they voted for you because you had him higher. That's what it is, Colin. Maybe so. sorry to inform you. It wasn't because your list was better. Well, that makes my list better. It's because the Austin Ani bias was in effect. <laughs> um, but no, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, see what happens. I know that Austin Ani is extremely talented. He can make a lot of throws, but I wish we had spring ball just so we could have seen them, you know, compete and make throws and make different, be put in different scenarios. Like those are just stuff thing. Those are situations that we need to see that from them. Yeah. The coaches need to see from them, obviously, but we want to see from them so we can evaluate them and we can tell y'all who's better, who's playing better, who's doing what. And we couldn't see any of that in spring ball. So that's what sucks. I know they're coming back for summer camps and we'll see if maybe we can go to that or from a distance or something, just maybe bring my binoculars or something and spy on them. <laughs> but once we get some concrete evidence of someone being good and someone not being good or both being good, then we will tell you until then we're speculating and we're going off last year's garbage time, which is all we can do. Really? And that's why I put them at five. All right, there we go. I'm moving on. <laughs> So, <laughs> even if Austin Ani starts, Colin, here it is. Having him at five is crazy. I don't. No, I don't think it is. Five. I have him at five for two reasons. One, because quarterback's most important position in the game. If you have an injured Trey Siggers, who I have at my number one, because he's going to have to carry this offense if Jason Bean is playing, especially. If he's injured, you have to have some kind of throwing. Like you have receivers that are talented. But you don't have a quarterback that can make the throws. I think Ani, although yes, he's not as mobile, and that line is going to be not good at all. I think you're going to have to force him to be in there to make some kind of plays because eventually they're just going to shut down the run game. We'll see. We'll see. I just Austin Ani at five is is uh, very high for me, especially it's like him or, or him, him or Manasseh Mose. Yeah. Okay. I, I I'm taking Manasseh Mose as a more important player to this team. Than Austin Ani, or than whoever the starting quarterback is. Well, I had I had Mo say at nine, so yes, you had him in a similar vein, but I had him at three, and I had Jason Bean at twelve. Like they need this offensive line to be competent. Like that is it's it's crazy how we're entering year five of of Seth Luttrell, and we're still hoping that right, they're competent. we're seeing these awful offensive lines yeah yeah so 
then the biggest discrepancy, I believe, mm-hmm. yeah, this is the biggest discrepancy in terms of our rankings, is you have Deontay Simpson at 25 and Jair Shorter at 6. Yes. I have Jair Shorter at a reasonable 16 and Deontay Simpson at a reasonable 9. Colin, what went into your decision to have them so far apart? Listen. And to have Jair Shorter 19 spots over Deontay Simpson. Okay, Deontay Simpson is going to be sophomore year Jalen Darden. And Jair Shorter is going to be sophomore year and or junior year Rico Bussey. See, I make that argument the opposite way. I make I it the, I'm making the argument that Deontay Simpson is going to be sophomore year Jalen Guyton. That's yeah. that's a stretch. No. Yes. He could be. How? Why? He's that good. He has the potential. Okay, first of all, when we get into talking about who has a higher ceiling, this isn't a debate. No, Deontay I agree. Simpson has I a agree, higher ceiling. But with their roles that they're gonna have to play next year, Jair Shorter is gonna get thrown to more. So Jair Shorter last year, starting every game of the year and especially Becoming basically receiver number one when Rico Busty went down, obviously not including Jalen Darn and Mike Law. Caught 24 passes in 12 games, albeit for almost 20 yards of reception and nine touchdowns. The man was used for one thing. It was catching touchdowns. Yes. And he did that very well. I think that's who he is. I agree. And, and I think he's going to be more effective next year. I think next year we could look at him and say, 30 catches, nine touchdowns, 20, 20 yards of reception, same thing. Difference is Deontay Simpson for me, with a whole offseason behind him, with a whole side of the field to work with, with a different, with a um, improved role on the team, is going to have 12 games. I think he's going to catch. He's probably going to catch 50 passes. What's the difference, though? He's going to catch 50 passes, and he's going to catch seven touchdowns. But what's what's the most important difference for Deontay Simpson? He doesn't have Mason Fine. Yes, but Jair... Sh- okay, they both had Mason Fine last year. Right, right? they both had Mason and Fine. And Jair Shorter... Who... Okay, who's going to make... What's what's an easier throw to make? A wide-open 6'4 dude or a six-foot dude running a slant? Look, look, look. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying is that Jair Shorter may be like the jump ball option. He's going to get thrown to because maybe it's a bailout situation or maybe he's got the size advantage on someone right. else and that, you know, the quarterback isn't going to be as polished as Mason Fine, so he's going to just throw it to the bigger receiver and the more experienced receiver in a lot of situations. First of all, Jalen Darden is going to have probably 80 catches next year, which is going to be hilarious. The man's going to catch <laughs> every pass <laughs> that is thrown. But then when we look at the other players, and I understand your point of Jair, Jair Shorter will be a big play threat and he will be thrown to a good amount. I think Deontay Simpson's going to take such such a step forward with his route running on intermediate routes and short routes. And even he has some big play potential as well. He's not he's not a slot receiver out here. He, he can make plays. He's going to be such a versatile and talented receiver next year when he takes that step forward. I don't know if he'll have the speed of a Jalen guy in a Rico Bussy. But his fundamentals are already there. His hands are there. And he's going to catch probably close to 50 passes. And 
be close in terms of touchdowns. Another thing is that we're relying on Jair Shorter to have big plays, right? Yes. The offensive line, I don't think is going to permit, and the quarterback, who we don't even know who the quarterback is, the offensive line and quarterback combination, everything has to go well in order to complete a pass that is over 15 yards. The offensive line has to hold up. The quarterback has to make the good throw. The quarterback has to look off a safety, maybe. I think just there's too much that has to go right for Jair Shorter to have a breakout season or a much better season than he had last year. Like, I feel like last year's season, albeit it was a very good season, nine touchdowns, nobody is taking that away. But the man had two catches a game for a reason. And I think he's that guy who's going to can take the top off the defense. And he'll have a lot of touchdowns against whoever they play as an FCS school. But then you play AM, then you play Houston, then you play SMU. I mean, yeah, I don't know. He's he's not he's not gonna make those those plays against those guys. And that's where it's gonna fall down for him. Um, let me see if I have a game by game. Let me see. After Cal. I mean, it was all basically like two catches a game, basically. So that's I think Deontay Simpson is slept on. That is what I will I say. Is that on. I'm saying he, that he has to be for you to put him at 25. He feels he feels the same role as Jalen Darden did his sophomore year. No. Yes. No, but this team has Jalen Darden already. Right, and Jalen Darden so is like, the number two. Jalen Darden his sophomore year was the number three. He caught 48 passes for 575 yards and four touchdowns. It's going to be similar to those numbers with a couple more touchdowns. I just think that as an outside receiver, not only was he highly rated out of high school, which contributes to my expectations of him, I think he's already shown us that he has the fundamentals to build upon that not a lot of players have, that not a lot of receivers come in and are like, I'm not going to name any names here, but a lot of receivers don't come in with the fundamentals that he has as far as route running goes, hands go, and then get the experience of nine games on top of it. I'm expecting Deontay Simpson to take a Jalen Guyton-esque step forward in his sophomore year. Like I'm expecting big things from him. What what did Jalen Guyton put up? What did JG put up his lots? I, I don't <laughs> have that. I don't have that up right now. I got it. I got it. I got it. Let me see. Jalen Guyton. Here we go. Sophomore year. So after his freshman year in Notre Dame, he had 49 receptions for nine touchdowns for over 15 yards of carry. 15 yards of reception. I'm sorry. That's what I'm expecting from him. That Jalen Guyton. 2.0. I don't know. Maybe not as explosive because Jalen Guyton obviously had the speed. He had that 4-3 speed. I don't think Deontay Simpson has that. But in a similar vein, he will be there. And that's what I'm excited for. So stop sleeping on Deontay Simpson, people. Vote for my vote for my list. <laughs> you're gonna restart the vote after the podcast? We should. After hearing the podcast, you We should. And then mine will be better than yours still. I'm not losing twice. Not losing twice. I got to give them a day to listen to the podcast, and then we'll, mm. we'll do the poll. So one question I had doing this list showed how many question marks this team has. Oh, right? yeah. Like, it's like, all right, Deion Noville, Jalen Darden, Manasseh Moste should be good. Trey Sagers is injured, but should be okay. Cam Johnson, Katie Davis, and then after that, it's like Tyreek Davis, Deontay Simpson, Joe Zogu, you know, 
And then we get into names like that haven't proven themselves. Just on our list, let's just go to our aggregate list here. Names who have not pl- started an entire season. Devontae McCray. Uh, he started. Austin Ani, Mikhail Sanders, Jackson Gibbs, Alex Morris, Keelan Crosby, Jason Bean, Deontay Simpson. I don't know if we want to count Jason Pertle. I mean, he was on and off starting last year. Whatever. Um, Deshaun Gaddy, Antarius Gray, Brammer was hurt last year, but I'll, I'll leave him out of it. Uh, Oscar Attaway, Kevin Wood, Larry Nixon, Brian Parrish, Dayton LeBlanc, Quinn Whitlock. Yeah. Like, there's so many of those guys could end up being great, but they could end up struggling. Like, we don't, we don't, we just don't right. know. We're basing it solely off of the, that recruiting games. class. Yeah, a few games and the, the recruiting class <laughs> yeah. that had Deontay Simpson, Kevin Wood, et cetera, et cetera Oscar Attaway, Deshaun Gaddy. Like, we're, that's what we're kind of waiting for. It was promising to me. I think I told you this. It was super promising to me that Katie Davis, as a true sophomore, stepped in and played the way he did last year. Agreed. Like, he, so he started, so his freshman year, he played special teams, which is what Deshaun Gaddy did, obviously, and Leandre Davis did as well. Um, and then he stepped in as a middle linebacker and he did really well. He was only rated 81 uh, by 24-7 sports composite rating and 80 from 24-7 sports. Albeit he did have offers from Illinois and Louisiana Tech, so we know he's good. We knew he was good coming out of high school. But I that was super promising to me because we know guys that are look just as good as him coming out of high school that – maybe didn't play their freshman year or maybe register their freshman year. What I'm trying to say is his ability to impact the game as a true sophomore, his second year made me wonder who else could do that. Yeah. Like if Kevin Wood had the opportunity, could he come in and be as good as Tyreek Davis? Like, you know, go down the list of players, like go through, go to a, a receiver, Keelan Jackson, maybe, or uh, Damon Ward, uh, Hatib Lyles, who moved to tight end, maybe he could take a step forward and be the starting tight end or something. Like, there's a bunch of players that we don't know because we haven't seen them. We just know their recruiting status. We don't know how good they are. But seeing Katie Davis do that made me say, okay, maybe we're not that far off from players contributing. And but I think that, at this that point, was it's promising. not even like last year, you could argue that middle linebacker was the only one where people had to step in, like a Katie Davis, to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year, it's everything. I mean, it's yep. not just because around Katie Davis, you had who you had. I mean, you had actual you had guys who had who had been in the system for a long time. You had the yeah. safeties. You had the secondary. You had the uh, defensive Ladarius line. Hamilton. You had yeah, exactly. Whereas now it's you have Katie Davis. <laughs> yeah, and I mean he has Tyreek next to him, but yeah, yeah. But in terms of you're the leader of of that team. Yeah. Um. I think that's all I had for our lists. Go. We have a good amount of questions that we need to get to. Um, I guess we'll put a. I guess we'll put the poll back up in a day. You'll still uh, we'll, lose, and we'll see. We'll see what people say. But I think I think we've made compelling arguments for Deontay Simpson. First of all, for Jason Bean, for Jacob Brammer, Manasseh Mose. I think I've I think I've checked all all of my boxes. So. Let's get on to some questions. Colin, first, 
thank you all for all y'all's questions. Um, I believe we have three people who sent in questions, and they are a handful of questions, so we got to get to them. Four people sent in questions, actually. All right, first, Billy Sierra. Can you guys make some offensive starting O-line predictions? <sighs> that seems to be the position most under wraps as far as who is competing for which positions. Now, if you go back and look at it, I did write a free story. Um, I had that whole pos uh, position battle series. Remember that, Colin? Mm -hmm. And I went through, you know, the positions and <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera. And so I had like Brian Parrish against, let me just pull it up actually. It was like Cole Brown versus Antarius Gray. It was like Brian Parrish against. Yeah, I think I'm we talked right. about that on the podcast as well. Because we were saying we that touched, if, we that touched if on Cole it. Cole Brown was beating out Antarius Gray. You bring in a transfer to just lose yeah. to a, a true sophomore, I think is what he is. Yeah, or a retro sophomore somewhere on there. Let me see if I can find it here. Do, do, do. Not trying to find it. But I mean, who do we know is going to start? We know Manasseh Mose is going to start. We know Jacob Brammer is going to start. Um, there's Tishon Turpin, who's also a transfer. Then you have, I mean, basically you go through these names and you're just like, uh, like we don't know who's going to start right. in all honesty. Like there's no way for us to know at this moment. Hold on. I have it. Right I think here. you can nail down just the two positions who have already yeah. played. You got Jacob Bremer. I think he'll play left tackle again. And then you have Manasseh Mose, who will probably switch to center. Damn, I cannot find this. I really thought it was like going to be easy to find. Well, it's here. Just Google Google it, and you will find it. I promise. Hopefully, Colin, is it still here? <laughs> it's gone. Where did my position battle? I'm Googling it. North Texas. I know this is riveting podcasting, but I'm, I need to find it. Uh, football position battles. Oh, Nope. I will find it later. Um, all right, Colin. But yeah, Billy, um, it's kind of, I don't, I don't know. It's a tough situation because, like we said before, Cole Brown and Terry is great. Brian Parrish, uh, Chad Hickson. I mean, you go down the list, and then you have the 2019 class who was coming in, and you're just like, maybe these guys could start. Maybe they won't. I don't 100% know. Um but yeah, there's really nothing we can say, especially since we didn't get spring ball, so we don't know who the coaches are even leaning towards. And they have a new offensive line coach and Mike Bloch. We're just sitting here like, I just want to know how good these guys are. I want to know how good John Brunner is. I want to know how good Chris Cassidy is. I want to know how good Brian Parrish is. So we'll we'll look at that. We'll definitely update y'all as soon as we know something on the offensive line front because like I've said, like we've both said multiple times, this is a very, very, very important position group. Yep. As usual. Thank you for your question, Billy. Next we have from UNT Super Pit Crew. Do you expect multiple running backs set or at least like three running backs playing in a game? I think it depends on how the game goes. I think if you have Trey Siggers out, it's just the two. You don't have a third one. It's going to be Oscar Attaway or DeAndre Torrey. Now, if you have all three in there, if you have a healthy Trey Siggers, I think that you could see a three running back rotation depending on how ready Trey Siggers is in that knee. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, it'll be just a one and two, I think, just because of how many carries Trey Siggers himself just demands. So, yeah, I mean, I think we both expect Trey Siggers to get somewhere between 15 and 20, 15 and 20 carries a game. 
Um, I think that's this on the safe side, and that doesn't leave you much. I mean, we saw when Trey Sears started the year, whenever he took over the starting job for DeAndre Torrey in like week four or so, DeAndre Torrey's carries just plummeted. Tanked. You barely saw him. Yeah, so he ended up, I think Torrey ended up the year with under 400 yards, so that's what it's like. Trey Sears is so good, you don't you don't force anyone else the ball. You force Trey Sears the ball. So, uh, thank you for your question. Next up, from NTSN, he has a lot. Actually, you know, we will... S- no, yeah, we'll go NTSN first. All right. A lot of them are all over the board, NTSN. Let's see what you got here. Um... First one is, do y'all think we're getting crowds of 50% capacity? I believe that's, that's – didn't Abbott just say that recently, Colin? I think – yeah, I think he guaranteed that Yeah, some, much, somewhere around but, there. So, I mean, at this point, there, especially for college football, you can't play games without a crowd, especially at lower levels, just because it's not worth there, – you know, there's no money in it. It's not like the NFL where you have all the TV deals or the SEC where you have all the TV deals. This is Conference USA and it's more Texas football. And I think that crowds are going to have to be necessary for the school to make money. If not, you're going to see some permanent negative things happen to the university. And not just North Texas. I mean, this goes for most universities. I mean, we already saw, um, I think it was Akron, like sh- had to shut down like half their university permanently because of their, their football program and everything. So yeah, it, it, I think 50% crowds are going to have to be a thing, whether COVID is ready or not. Yeah, they're just going to have to take a lot of precaution and space people out and just try to do what they can. But I, I definitely, I think 50% capacity is coming for sure. Um, Because you, you make a lot of good points there. So second question, which defensive position do y'all think has has to step up and, oh no, wait, do y'all think has a step up and and a step back? So I guess which defensive position do you think step takes a step forward and which one do you think takes a step back? I guess we can look at this as far as just the newcomers go. Like, which newcomers do we think could be better than last year's players? I think we're on the same page on this one. I don't know if you've already thought of a guy or not, but I think Deshaun Gaddy could be better than Nick Harvey next year. Yeah. This year. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's the one. Um, And then the safeties. I mean, I don't think the safeties will be much worse, if at all worse, than Kyrie and Taylor. Yeah, it's... And that's just, I think, is because Taylor and Kyrie were so small, whereas you have Alex Morris and Keelan Crosby who are so much bigger. And the problem was last year... Mikhail Sanders. Mikhail Sanders is last year they weren't able to take dudes down. They'd get there, but they'd just get... I mean, Kyrie Muhammad was, what, 5'10"-ish? Yeah, Yeah, whereas you have an Alex Morris who's just built, like we had said. It just comes down to fundamentals, which will obviously impact a lot. But I think that... I, I I do agree with Deshaun Gaddy picking him as the step up, but same with the safeties. I think one that would be interesting though on the secondary would be like a Jackson Gibbs just outperforming himself from last year. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm just biased because I picked him eight on my list. For sure, for sure. Yeah, you're still trying to sell your list. Good, good, good. Um, I think the only other one you could, the only position you could see besides the safeties that could take a step back would maybe be Devontae McCray from Ladarius Hamilton because Ladarius Hamilton was is, you know, an NFL caliber defense lineman and McCray is good. I anticipate him being good. I had him seven on my list. Is still only going to be a retro sophomore. Is that fair to say though? When I think I mean, step yeah. back, I think of Well, no, he asked which positions are going to take a step back. And so the defensive end position that Ladarius Hamilton had is obviously going to have to take a step back. Um I still think Devontae is going to be really good. 
I think he Question. could be Ladarius Hamilton talent by his senior year. Do you think just, that not by next year? Because Ladarius Hamilton, like Ladarius Hamilton last year, did not have the numbers. He okay. I thought that too, but his numbers were still really good. Really, he I, just I, I'm, have... I'm about to look right now because I was curious. Um, yeah, so 2019 he had no. They're there. Yeah, they're there. Total tackles was seven and a half sacks. Seven and a half sacks. I don't remember any of those I don't sacks. Any but of them either. <laughs> But they were, he had seven and a half sacks. I, I can't even use my argument now. What I was going to say was, do you think Dion Noble uh, has better stats? Well, no. Do you think that he commands more and allows Devontae McCray to kind of pop up on the page a little bit more? I mean, that's why I, if if you go back and look at what I wrote for Devontae McCray, or actually and Dion Noble, is that I think those two playing together should be a good pass rush. If Clint Bowen knows what he wants to do and executes it well, Mm-hmm. They should have a really formidable pass rush this year if yeah. they are able. To, and Joe Zogu, if he's able to get off the edge, like they should be able to rush the passer better than last year because also last year they didn't even try to rush the passer. Passer. That's true. So that's why, yeah, I had the same thoughts. I was like, damn, did Ladarius even like? Did he have a down year last year? <laughs> right. No, he had seven and a half sacks. He was yeah. still a monster. Yeah, he was fine. It was just you don't remember them because they never really rushed the passer. Yeah. So, who knows? But anyways, uh, NTSN's third question. Do you think the offense struggles early in the year with coaching changes and opponents, or do they come out firing, Colin? They are not firing at all this whole entire year. There is no firing happen. You the, the days of Mason Fine and a potent offensive behind us, we saw what happens when you get rid of a receiver, Enrico Bussey, last year. We're going to see what happens when you get rid of Mason Fine himself, and I think it's going to be <laughs> – very sad for a lot of people because you're going one you're going to see either Jason Bean or Austin Ani. Yes, I have Austin Ani at 5 just because I think he's going to be the starter and has to be one of the most important players on the offense, but make no mistake about it, he's no Mason Fine. You're going to have Jason Bean who's inaccurate but can move and you're going to have Austin Ani who can't move but is accurate. I, I love mean, the stereotypes we've put on these quarterbacks. It's not yeah, even a st- it's, but it's not even a stereotype. If you have if if you have Jason Bean throwing three, you think Mason Fine in garbage time throws three picks in that time? To, to be fair, two of Jason Bean's interceptions came in the Louisiana Tech game. Those were not garbage time, even okay. though they were getting blown out. Okay, but two of so, those okay, came so throw them in a real game. Yeah, right. Throw them in a real game, and exactly, throw them in a real game, and that's what happens. So. I say only twenty points a game because you're not going to be getting the the gaudy receipt. You're not. There's no T at high. Let it fly next year. None of that's happening. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The question is: Do you think they'll start off the year strong? No. Houston Baptist. Okay. Get rid. Thirty-five of F- points. Get rid of the FCS school. Forty-two points. Whatever. The, yeah, that's going to be fine. The the then you go Texas A&M. They're not scoring over fourteen points. No. SMU, not scoring over fourteen points. Houston. Not scoring over 14 points. Southern Miss, the it'll be around 14 points. <laughs> Does, what is the average points per game this team scores? And then you have Louisiana Tech later, UAB later. Like, I don't know, man. Rice, last year they scored 20. No, no, they didn't even score 20. How much did they score on Rice last year? It was 20, wasn't it? Or they lost? Here, I got it. I, got I feel it, I like got it was it. like some weird number, like 19. They scored 14 on Rice last year. Oh. They lost twenty to fourteen on Rice last year. Yeah, they scored seventeen against Louisiana Tech. Like, I don't think it's crazy to think that. And what's crazy? How, guess how many points per game last year's team averaged? 
I think I looked this up before. I remember. I feel like I know this. Is it 27, 24? It's 30. Almost 31. Oh. oh. Yeah, that's 45 like, against this team, uh, UTSA. Next year's team is not going to is probably going to average like 23. I just think the start of their season next year is going to especially set them back. Yeah. As far as stats go, confidence, everything. I mean, that's that's what happened to last year's team. Last year's team, uh, 30.6 yeah. points per oh, game. Right. They gave up 32.5 points a game. You're relying on this defense an incredible amount more than last year. Like, like if we, going into last year's season, you say Mason finds your MVP. Going into next year's season, or this year's season, you're probably going to say, like, Dion Noble, just because you need to stop somebody. Although Trey Siggers is probably the most talented player, Dion Noble has to be the MVP. It doesn't. It can't be a Mason fine. It can't be... I mean, you could even be like, oh, yeah, Austin Oni's going to be this team's MVP for whatever reason, right? No matter how many stats he puts up, this team has to have a defense that's good enough. Yeah. Yep. Damn, this took a dark turn. Boys, it's not going to be a 4-8 and eight <laughs> season next year. Let me just tell you that. Can we be better? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fourth question from NTSN. <laughs> Do you all think... Oh, do y'all think we see any different uniform combinations or... Oh, okay, yeah. Do y'all see any different uniform combinations? No. He said chrome domes with the eye emojis. I hate the chrome helmets. If we Why bring do you up... hate... For photography reasons? Yes, for photography reasons. And plus, they don't even look good. <laughs> they look like that... Man, if every time have, I you see... You have to have something match on, the, on another part of your uniform that, like, shines. It can't just be some random chrome helmet with, like, a normal uniform. Like, that's what always got me. It was, like, the normal greens, and then you had, like, some random chrome helmet. Whenever I think of, see the chrome helmet or think of the chrome helmet, I just think of that picture from 2012 or whatever it was uh, that all the, like, commits use or recruits use to, say, offered from North Texas, and it's that picture of them with chrome helmets in 2012, and I'm just like, I do not like these uniforms. That's what I think of all the time. Um, no, I, I don't think they're going to try anything. Because I feel like all of the combination uniform combinations were a huge push when they were winning nine games. And they were like, all right, this is our chance to brand ourselves and make a statement and have the coolest uniforms in Conference USA and really get out there. And whenever people see us play Arkansas, they're going to see our uniforms. They're going to be like, wow, who's that? And now it's just going to – I think you're going to see it kind of – level out for a bit it's going to be the same for a bit you're gonna they do have a lot of uniform combinations don't get me wrong they have like what eight seven nine ten yeah but it's not going to be a social media push but it's not going to be like oh shoot just wait till we pull out the chrome shorts and shoes like no they're not pulling out new chrome shoes next year i promise you that (laughs) yeah chrome helmets yeah they'll probably use them for a game but yeah no okay thank you for your questions in tsn Next up, Preston Hodge has a couple questions. Which player or two living up to their position on the list is most important? Do I need to repeat that for you, Colin? Uh, Yeah, I didn't understand that. Which player living up to their position on the list is most important? Okay. so I I think I understand that. So so I would say Austin Ani because he's number five, and if he lived up to number five. There you go. Oh, that's a that's a good that's a good point. Um outside of that Besides him. Besides him though, I think everyone else is kind of I mean, personally rated. 
yeah, I don't think I have any like eye-popping weird changes. Uh, I guess I could say like a KD at three, just because I said how important he was. You could argue that he could be like a six. I guess if that's really a a drop. Um, And Jair shorter. But see, I'm basing Jair shorter solely off of touchdowns because his team's needing to score. Well, if he catches 14 touchdowns next year, that's a hell of a season. <laughs> it's a hell of a season, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, For me, I think Manasseh Mosi at three. He has to be... Yeah, that's a good one for you. One of the He has to be one of the best offensive linemen in the, in the Conference USA. And we don't really have any evidence to back that up besides his freshman season being named to like the all-freshman team. But yeah, he needs to be there. Cam Johnson at five would also be amazing. Yeah, that is actually a really good one because that would mean that he's like... Kimon Hall. Nate Brooks. Nate Brooks' sophomore year. Yeah. Or senior year. Yeah. Like, yeah. That that those are those are probably my Eric two. Jenkins before the uh, New Orleans Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> We're just rattling off every corner we know. Um yeah. <laughs> you know kind of weird. You know what's kinda weird? Two years. I feel like we talk every player that we like say good things about, it's always like a butt. You know what I mean? Like what? Like Nate Brooks. His sophomore year, because he was awful his junior year. Eric Jenkins, before, like I just said before the New Orleans Bowl. Oh, there's always a, what are those called? Sequitur? No, not sequiturs. I don't remember. There's always a uh, a caveat. Yeah, which is interesting because outside of Mason, like in the last, in the whole time that you've been covering, who's been a player? Okay, I'm going to give you three players you can't name. Name a player that has always been good and you there's no like but. And it, you can't name Ladarius Hamilton. You can't name Mason Fine. And you can't name Rico Bussey. I mean, even Rico, you could say a butt because he tore his ACL. When they're playing. <laughs> but yeah, I guess. Um, I can't even say Jalen Guyton because remember Jalen Guyton had those drops? Yeah, and he was, were like he was super not annoying. Good those, those last two years. Yeah, no, his one last year because he well, played his sophomore year, then his junior, then he went to the draft. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Because he was a redshirt. I, I understand, I remember. Um, EJ? EJ's a good one. Gotta be, he's got to be that one. one, right? That's a good he's one. Got to be that one. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right because Kelvin Smith got hurt, didn't have a good senior season. Um, I don't even know who else. Uh, Nick Smith had a good year and then you know kind of fell off. DeAndre Torrey got a spot taken. Trey Siggers was a safety for God's sakes. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I, I think I think that's most of them. I think that's almost everybody I can think of. Kyrie Muhammad was eh, was fine. Uh, we need to have a podcast yeah. where we just talk about off uh, offhand topics like tra- why was Trey Sigurds a safety? <laughs> like, <laughs> like how good would Trey Sigurds be if he was still a safety? <laughs> right. Hmm. Would he be number okay. one on our list? Anyways, <laughs> next question. Um. Next question from Preston was, uh, "What would be the more fun road trip game, Houston or AM? Now he said, "More fun, most fun road trip game." So I assume that takes in the entire road trip. You know, you guys can't ambiance. see my face because neither of those are fun if you're there to watch the game. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's a road trip though. Which one are you go and have more fun on? Probably definitely AM because it's shorter. No, because I think it's got to be. This A&M. is what I think of Houston. Early game in the season, we're gonna. We saw him last year. 
It's going to be similar to how I felt in the Rice game last year. Probably pretty close if I were to drive down there. Like, you drive down now, the there and is... you're like, we, we came down here for this. Like, that's... Whereas A&M, it's kind of like... You probably have some friends around there. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody knows someone at A&M. Yeah. Uh, the thing about A&M also is that it's the second game of the year. So, you know, North Texas will beat Houston Baptist. Hopefully, will beat them bad. And go into the Texas A&M game undefeated. And then from there on, That's going to be the social media ploy. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that there is no evidence of North Texas losing or playing poorly before the Texas A&M game if they play well against Houston Baptist. Whereas Houston, presumably they will have lost to Texas A&M and SMU. So you're going to Houston like one and two, just got kicked in the teeth twice. You know, it's not going to feel good. Houston Baptist is really bad too. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Didn't they beat UTEP last two years they ago? They almost beat UTEP ago? last year actually. 34-36. However, they lost to ACU 45-20. I think they beat UTEP two years ago. Which doesn't matter, but it's just funny to talk about. I mean, that was also the first game of the season when they almost beat UTEP. Yeah. <laughs> Poor UTEP. This could, be, Anyways, this could be an issue. No, I, I'm going to say Texas A&M too, just because, you know, it's CSTAT. And it's a fun environment. I presume, uh, I don't know if it's A&M's first home game, but it's going to be one of their first. And... That'll be fun. You know, get a full raucous environment in there. At 50% capacity. 50% capacity. There you go. So. That's at least 50K. So. (laughs) Their 50% capacity is actually still 50K. Yeah, I think Kyle Field is like one of the biggest stadiums in America. No, it is. It is. is. Kyle Field definitely is over 100. Kyle Field has 102,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, and you know those you know those people are going to show up covid or not. They're showing up. <laughs> is that a uh is that a they're, they're showing up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> there will be over 50,000 people there's at Kyle going, Field when North Texas plays. There is going to be over 50. I'm I swear. I promise you. Oh, so anyways. Man. Uh all right, Colin. I think that's all we had. I just got another tweet that says Siggers will be hired by mid higher by mid season. You had him one. as number one. I had him at number four. And we still got people saying he's too low. We're gonna make him like zero. What are you gonna do? Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm glad we closed the poll before the Duncanville people found our our stuff. <laughs> they're, they're like, because then what they mean have... by he's gonna be higher is he's not in North Texas anymore. Transfer mid season to somewhere. <laughs> He's at AM. They're going to yeah, three. they're going to AM, but he's not coming back. He's not coming back. <laughs> all right, Colin. Uh, that's all we had today. Unless you had something else. Anything else on, on your mind? No, I'm I'm good. You, what about good. you, Bernie? No, man. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, nothing really crazy going on. Uh, in Denton. Living my best life. So we got more fun content on the way for y'all later this week. Uh hopefully. If we can get everything set up, Colin is a pessimist in every situation I've ever tried conceive. Every plan I've tried conceiving, it always starts with Colin being like, "No, we can't do that." And then That's not I true. say, "Colin, yes, we can." That is not and true. He's like, "Okay, fine." So, anyways, with that in the back of y'all's head, if it doesn't come out, blame Colin. So, but keep an eye on MingerIn247.com and our Twitter page, um, and our Facebook page. 
become our friends if that how does that work colin i don't think you become a friend with a group on facebook oh. how do they do they like us they can yes like all right facebook. like us like us on facebook uh, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple and SoundCloud. Leave us a five-star rating and review. What else did I forget to plug? Oh, subscribe to Mingreen 24-7. We actually have a p- promo that I'm about to look at right now that I'm about to do a story on. Um, so, yeah, check that out whenever you listen to this. Leave us a five-star rating review. I already said that. What else, Colin? What am I forgetting? Follow Colin on Twitter at CJH Mitchell. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. Mingreen 24-7 is our Twitter at... Um, we will keep you updated with the latest recruiting, COVID news, anything y'all got, anything that happens at North Texas, we will keep y'all informed on. But yeah, for Colin Mitchell, Maya Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni. Y'all have a good one.